Father, we bow before you this morning and we want to be mindful to, to acknowledge as Brother James taught us, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. And Lord, we realize that we are blessed. We want to acknowledge that and we want to acknowledge that we know it came from your hand. Thank you, God, for being such a wonderful father to us. Thank you for the homes we live in, the places we rent, the cars we drive, the, the food in the refrigerator, the clothes on our backs and in our closets. God, you, you have truly blessed us with so many material blessings. Father, thank you for the health that you've given to each of us. Lord, thank you. Keep us safe. Keep us protected. And Lord, I pray that you would keep us uh, focused, just as Shilning and Ruth have taught us this week, to see even pandemics and obstacles as opportunities that maybe hearts could be receptive in a way they weren't a few months ago. God, thank you for teaching us that lesson. Lord, we pray for our disciples here in Fort Worth, Keller, around the world. Lord, we pray your blessing and your protection upon them. Lord, meet our needs. We know you will. And Lord, we'll be thankful for it. Bless as people are giving even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Pastor David, right, David come yeah. on and let's uh, open the word of God together. Uh, this series on heaven and earth is, was designed to be a challenge to our yeah. existing paradigms of how we think about heaven and earth and maybe even hell we're going to talk about uh, in a week or so and uh, the afterlife and the present life and what uh, it, really a big picture of what is what story is the Bible even telling. Yeah, and, and last week we spent a, a good bit of time really, again, challenging the thinking around what is God's kingdom, where is it, when is it, how does all that happen? And, and what we said really, kind of the big thing we said, is that Jesus is actively, like right now, ruling and reigning right. in, in a certain place, not in a border, like a country or whatever, but in the people who have submitted and put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Savior. And so, so now God's kingdom carries forward or happens in the people of God. And so I, I think today what we want to really do is explain or or explore and okay. look through what does it mean to live out the rule and reign uh, of the kingdom of God in our lives? What does that actually look like? What are the nuts and bolts to that? And, and I think it's important to kind of examine this question because sometimes when I read the Bible, it just feels so distant. Like, uh, and obviously it is in some sense. It was written well, the in stories the, are ancient. That's right. They're I mean, ancient. It's written in the Middle East of a, yeah. a, a culture and a time I, I may not understand completely. And so sometimes the stories are really difficult to grasp onto and to and to kind of know intuitively. Okay, well here's this lesson. So how does this apply to my life? Yeah. There, there are some people who intuitively get that. Yeah. Uh, who who can just grab information and quickly move on right. to whatever the practical step is. But there's some people who are slow cookers like me who take a little more time to kind of process through information and lessons, what they're reading, what they're learning. And then how does that then impact me or affect me or what should I do about this? And, and obviously there's a predisposition in general for people, humans, all people to want to gather information and not necessarily do something with that. We would say transformation. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we want to get information but not transformation. And we can see that yeah. clearly just, I mean, we live in Google. Paul, in Google Paul even warned us in first Corinthians, knowledge puffs up. That's right. And he knew that mankind had this innate thirst for knowledge, Right. but all knowledge is not beneficial. Uh, in Adam and Eve's case, it hurt, sure. him, hurt sure. humanity. And 
uh, knowledge without action uh, is kind of, I mean, it's almost when you think of the Pharisees of the New Testament, that's sure. what you think of. Think about people who knew everything. Yeah. And did it all wrong. And did it all wrong. <laughs> in spite, or didn't do. Or didn't do the things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We don't want to be that. Exactly. We want to know, exactly. and we will have a desire to know, but we want to also. That needs to change us somehow. Yeah, what was it? James, be doers. Not just hearers. And not just hearers right. of the word. So it leads us really to the question we want to start exploring this morning. Which kingdom do I want? Uh, there are multiple kings. Which kingdom do I want? This was Adam and Eve's dilemma. Right. Uh, they were in a kingdom, yeah. but then they were faced with an opportunity to do something else, right. uh, be a part of another kingdom. Uh, in, in their case, uh, this question, really not the question changed, so the answer to this question, yeah. how they answered this question, yeah. ultimately changed their lives. And the way they answered this question ultimately changed human history because they decided that they wanted to rule in their own kingdom. Mm -hmm. uh, and essentially they were ruling, but they were ruling in God's kingdom. Right. On his terms. For God on yeah. his terms. As those angled mirrors, they were extensions of God. Yeah. They were living images, images mm -hmm. of God in a temple called Eve, the Garden of Eden. Right. And which sounds awesome. Yeah. But now they're tempted with which kingdom do I want? Right. And maybe at that moment of temptation, they realize, hey, there is another. Maybe, another they, option, didn't, maybe yeah. they didn't know there was another option, but right. then they're presented with there is another option. Yeah. Uh, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Satan tempted them. You know, there's another option. Uh, rule and reign on your own terms. Just be God. Yeah. So which kingdom do you want was really the temptation put in front of them you want to serve god in his kingdom or why don't you just be god in your own kingdom yeah. and that became a real dilemma of of human history right there you know how we've been exploring uh since jeremy started this bible study online some some weeks ago about saying like the lord's prayer my mm -hmm. lord your kingdom come your will be done yeah and essentially what adam and eve switched that prayer around said okay we choose my kingdom mm -hmm. my kingdom my will be done right. my kingdom come i'm going to launch my own rule yeah. and that uh strand of rebellion is somehow living in our dna yeah. that we are predisposed now since we're adam and eve's children in fallen human body we're predisposed somehow with this strand of rebellion against god and we carry that uh, let's say then we're born again, mm -hmm. but even as a born again believer, I somehow have this strand of rebellion in my human nature that even I, I carry that into my Christianity and it becomes then maybe you can explore this. Uh, I'll be out next week at Andrew's graduation. Pastor David will be bringing the, the message next. Maybe you can explore this a little further, sure. this conflicting kingdoms idea. Uh, and here's this strand of rebellion in me and I'm in God's kingdom. Yeah. But even in God's kingdom, I'm fighting a battle of not always, what did Paul say? I, the yeah. things I want to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do. I, I do those things. Yeah. And, and what I, I see happening is that uh, humans design their own paradigms, their own ideas that fit more neatly within the kingdoms they would design for themselves if right. they wanted to design their own kingdom. Right. In other words, God says, I want it done this way. Yeah. I set the terms 
I define good and evil. I define good and evil. Right. I define how I want to be where I define how I want the kingdom to be and to run and, and etc. And man comes along and says, yeah, I'd like to redesign that slightly to right. where some things are more to my yes. to more more fitting to the way I would do it if I were in charge. So as soon as you start that, if I were in charge thinking, you're right back in Eden with Adam and Eve saying, yeah, if I were in charge, I'd probably do it a little differently. Uh, and, and you say, well, when we talk about people in rebellion, that's what we think of the lost world, the unsaved world. Sure. But what I'm saying is even we who are Christians yeah. have basically designed our own non-biblical version of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So Christians believe in the kingdom of God. There is such a thing, but we've designed our own version that does not align with what the scripture is teaching about the kingdom of God actually being like. And let me see if I can pull that and explain a little better. Christians, by and large now, in the, our period of history, believe that heaven is some far off reality. It has nothing to do with the life you're living right here on earth. It's only in the future. It's and you're going to fly away. Yeah. Some glad morning when this life is over. Or. <laughs> uh, to God's celestial yeah. shore. Yeah. I leave this body behind. I go as a disembodied spirit to heaven. There to live and serve Jesus forever for eternity. Right. Which is a not a biblical model of right. heaven. That is not what the scripture is teaching. And what it's just easier though. For us to design our own little kingdom sure. that fits. Not have to follow somebody else's terms or how they would build their kingdom. It's just easier to do my own thing. Because if we live out God's kingdom, if we right. try to live out heaven, if we live by heaven's rules, my neighbor may not be. Right. My classmates at high school will not be. Right. My peers at college may not be. And it's a whole lot easier to live as the non-kingdom world yeah. lives than to try to live in conflict constantly uh, with with the world system around me. And so what happens is the church modifies the kingdom of God and says, well, I'll just live this way now. And when I leave this body and die, I'm going to fly away to heaven. God's going to fix everything. Suddenly when I get to heaven, you know, then I'll serve God on his terms. Then I'll be the way he wants me. Uh, to, to be and if we can remove God's right now kingdom from our Christian model which is what we've done if we can pull that off th- then we don't have to experience a right now transformation so what happens is Jesus I receive you as my savior now I can just go live however I want to live I've got my ticket to heaven punched and I don't have to tr- change my thinking my, my behavior, I don't have to grow, I don't have to be transformed, I don't have to be on mission, I don't have to do anything. Right. Because the Bible talks about eternal security. That's right. So therefore, I'll, when I get to heaven, I'll get it all right. Right. When I get to heaven, I'll serve God. When I get to heaven, I'll be on mission. If we remove God's right now kingdom from our model, we don't have to take care of the environment. Well, because it doesn't matter. It's all going to get transformed. Ah, he'll, he'll, he'll resurrect the earth when he comes sure. again. Sure. He'll give it a rebirth. It'll, if all you would, it'll all get fixed. So if we remove God's right now kingdom, we don't have to be good stewards of our natural resources. Yeah. We can be wasteful. You know, we, 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 we can destroy. We can we can strip mine. We can do whatever. Uh, who cares what 
damage we do to, to the planet or to our resources, God will make it all right one day anyway. Who cares? Yeah. So how you think about the kingdom. It matters. <laughs> it, it matters. If we're leaving this planet and God's going to make it all right, well, then why do I have to build relationships with people? Yeah. Why do I have to share the gospel? Why do I have to be on mission? Why do I have to treat people with love and kindness? Yeah. Someone else will. Someone else will. Yeah. God will make it all Christian right. Christian zealot people who, you know, really yeah. gets it or whatever. So what I'm fearful of, and the, really the reason you and I wanted to attempt this series, is because we feel that Christians are attempting to live lives mm. that don't rock the boat of culture at all. Yeah. Uh, lives that blend totally seamlessly within the fallen, rebellious world system. And whether our life is creating a bit of heaven on earth is not something we're really concerned with. Mm -hmm. Whether our life is bringing people into the kingdom of God has not been the focus and mission of the church. And that makes us very scared because that's exactly what the New Testament is teaching we're supposed to be right. doing. That's all Jesus talks about. We're to be a point of heaven on earth connection. Yeah. We are living temples. All of these things that you and I have been, been bringing out. So when you think about you know, the things I've just described, you have to ask yourself, what, what really is the Christian life? And that's why we're asking the question, which kingdom do I want? Yeah. Do I want to, to accept Christ as my king mm -hmm. and then become like my king and live out his king, his right. mission for me? Or do I want his stuff? His love, his <laughs> yeah. forgiveness, his mercy, sure. his protection his from viruses, yeah, all uh, his provision. I want my pantry full, my closet mm -hmm. full. And then when he says, okay, now get on mission and do this, this, and this, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow down. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot here. So again, you can't say Lord right. and then no. Right. Those negate each other. If he is Lord then the answer is yes, I'll do, I'll do your is Lord, your Lord of my life. I'll do what you want me to do. So uh, let's deal with the next obvious question and you can help me out as we go mm -hmm. through this. How do we become citizens of God's kingdom? So this is where we're talking. He has a kingdom. Somehow humans can get back into this right. kingdom. Uh, when Jesus came, you taught last week, uh, his message was the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. He came preaching the good news yeah. about God's kingdom. And he called it either the kingdom of heaven mm -hmm. or the kingdom of God. That's right. They're synonyms. Yes. But Matthew draws out a little bit more by calling sure. it the kingdom of heaven so that we understand yeah. what he's saying is heaven is trying to reconnect That's with right. earth. We're talking about God's presence and will. And, being brought down to where we are. And it's manifest in a living temple called Jesus Christ. Right. You destroy that temple, you're missing the point. I am the temple. Right. Okay. And so, and he's going to make us yes. living temples. Many temples. Many temples. <laughs> okay. Where heaven and earth connect and yeah. we become hot spots. All of those things that we've been teaching for the, for mm -hmm. the last. So uh, for me, it's very easy to think this way. You're born into his kingdom by a new spiritual birth. Uh, you know, in, in America, it's easiest for us to talk this way, but in America, you're born here, you're a citizen, right? It's kind of, that's the way right. the rules are here. You're born here. You're a citizen of this country. You become citizens by birth. Right. You can also come through naturalization, but the main yeah. way people have come by birth. And for me, that helps my thinking. You come into the kingdom of God where he rules, that's the terms, mm -hmm. et cetera, 
by a new birth, right. a second birth, a spiritual birth, yeah. not a physical birth. Yeah. And uh, that's a way of saying, we talk about new birth, or and again, I know this is very confusing for non-believers. Sure. New birth, born again, saved, right. received Jesus as my Savior, you know, accepted Christ. Those are all synonyms. It's a it's a way to describe that experience. Christians, of what and so what I want to say is, let's define what the they're all synonyms yeah. describing an experience, yeah. but the experience itself is how we find forgiveness mm -hmm. of our sins through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and uh, Jesus claimed that he was God's son, right. that he was the rightful king. Right. of a kingdom, that he was God's son, he was God's Messiah, and his death was not just a normal death. Yeah. A lot of people died on crosses. Yeah, it's pretty normal in, in Roman times. In that era. Yeah. Uh, if you said, hey, somebody's being crucified, people were like, yeah. you know, one. here we go okay. again. Right. No big deal. It's just the roads were lined with crosses, mm -hmm. uh, people being crucified for their crimes. But in Christ's case, he claimed that he was dying not for his crimes, right. but he was dying. You know, even Pilate wrote the superscription. His accusation was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Yeah. He was dying as a king yeah. for a kingdom, right. not, not to kill a king. They thought they were crushing a movement, <laughs> but it launched a kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And when we put our faith in Jesus was who he claimed to be, the son of God, he died not just a death, but an atoning death, a sacrificial death, a death that was on our behalf. He died in my place and in your place. Mm -hmm. He didn't die for his crimes. He died for my sins and for your sins. Yeah. And when we put our faith in that good news, the words gospel, we put our faith in that gospel, in that good news. And we further believe that when he rose from the dead, everything was validated. Right. It was God's stamp that said, see. I told you yeah, so. The whole time. I, he was yeah. raised, uh, Luke and others tell us, by the power of God, and it proclaimed, see, I, I'm declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection of the dead. Everything I said and did is proved in this moment. And becomes then our future right. hope of a resurrection. If he is risen, then we also have the promise yes. of a new uh, embodied life in a new body. That's right. A body that doesn't have all of these struggles yeah. with that strand of rebellion and right. fallen nature. And that becomes our hope and our promise. And so when we say born again, saved, accepted Christ, we're talking about putting our faith in, yeah. believing on Christ as who he claimed to be and his death as sacrificial on our behalf and his resurrection on our behalf. And that we are now, he is now our, we're accepting him as king essentially. Yeah. Savior, King, Lord, Lord of our it, lives. It's all, it's all the same, yes. And we're saying, the thief on the cross said it in a very interesting way. He looked over at Jesus and said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, kingdom yeah. I would like to join you there. Right. I'd like to be a citizen of your kingdom. Yeah. That's really what we're saying in That's right. this thing we call the sinner's prayer. We, we yeah. pray and receive Christ. Really what you're saying is, Lord, I want to be in your kingdom. Yeah. I want you to be my king. And I want to accept what you've done for me as payment for my sins and, and receive your 
That's right. Your righteousness and and that's the process of being born again. Again, going back to those those words that we correct. Born again, salvation, being saved, all those things were contained in that. Even the very religious people of Jesus' day were confused about this whole thing. (laughs) Now, this far into history, we struggle with kingdom because we have representative republic sure or democracies and republics after the roman empire was kind of the big thing that really shaped the world but in that side they have monarchies they have kingdoms and they really understood kingdom and so when when they use these terms they didn't struggle with kingdom they struggled with new birth right they struggled with born again yeah and so the religious leaders and and we have a story in the bible about a man named nicodemus Mm -hmm. Uh, he's a Pharisee, yeah. which means he's like... Uh, he's a part of the religious establishment. Uh, he's a part of the, the elite. The elite. Let's use That's that. Right. The elite religious. <laughs> he's like the upper crust of religion. Yeah. They kind of formed a what we would call like a Supreme Court. Yeah. It's called the Sanhedrin, where this group mm-hmm. of elders, and they were religious guys. Yeah. You know, they were, I want to say they they were politicians too, but they were they, they were religious leaders yeah. that ruled the country. He was one of them, right. and he represents a group within that group, very small. We don't know two or three or whatever. Sure. Within that group of leaders, were actually beginning to become aware that Jesus yes. could be the Messiah that Israel yeah. had been looking for. Yeah, and so these Pharisees dressed a certain way. Mm-hmm. So when they walked through the streets, you're like, oh. See the black robes. It's a Supreme Court justice. Everybody make way and, you know, stand in honor of the judge, your your honor, you know, all this kind of uh, 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 deference that would be given to to a leader. So the Bible story tells us that this particular guy at night, you know, put on on a Nike hoodie, a pair of sunglasses (laughs) and snuck out at night. So yeah. nobody would recognize him. Yeah. And he came to Jesus because he didn't quite understand. Yeah. He understood kingdom. Right. He didn't understand how you got in that kingdom. Right. And so when he comes to Jesus, he really doesn't even know how to frame the question. Yeah. But Jesus doing that Jesus thing he does really anticipated the question. You could say read his mind, read his heart, read his intentions for being there and cut right to the yeah. chase. I'm going to read the story, or at least a piece of the story out of John chapter 3. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus said, let me just get right to it, okay? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now, this kingdom of God is what we've been talking about. Right. And here's a guy on the outside of it yeah. saying, I want to be in the kingdom. But how would a guy, how would a guy, you know, talk, talk this through? I, I don't, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? Keep the Ten Commandments or keep a list right. of rules? Right. What do I got to do to get on the inside of this thing? Yeah. Then Jesus gives Nicodemus some clarity. I'm going to read verse 14 yeah. and 15. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man. It's mm-hmm. Jesus' way of speaking about himself. Yeah. Be lifted up, speaking about the cross. Yeah. Verse 15, that whosoever believes in Jesus, in right. him, may have eternal life. Yeah. 
So Jesus says to this leader, the way you get into the kingdom is you receive the king. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, pl- you, you pledge loyalty to the king. Yeah. I pledge my life to the king. I receive you as my king. Uh, I take you as my lord, my king, my liege, wh- whatever word you want to use. He said, whosoever believes, right. you put your faith in, put your trust, trust in, all right. synonymous. Let me read a few more verses. Verse 16 and 17, because the most famous verse sure. in the entire Bible right. is the next verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and here it comes again, that whosoever believes right. in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Mm. It's not why Jesus came right. to judge you and zap you and, you know. Ju- and, and to prove how terrible, terrible of a sinner you were. No, let me now. read the rest of the verse. But in order that the world through him might be saved. Right. So God sent his son on a mission of mercy yeah. as the rightful king yeah. who's establishing a kingdom and God wants you to be in his kingdom. The way you get into his kingdom is to receive the king as your king. And again, Christians call that step of faith, being saved, being born again, trusting in Jesus, putting your faith in Christ. We have a lot of synonyms for that. So don't be confused by those. They're all saying the same thing. It means to say, Jesus, I believe you are uh, a man, but also God, God in the flesh. And I believe you died on the cross in my place, a substitutionary death an atoning death for me, and I believe you were raised from the dead by the power of God, and I put my trust in you as king, and I receive you as my king. And again, but if you make somebody your king, then you have to do what the king says. Yeah, you said it a second ago. You can't say no. Well, it's on his terms. (laughs) That's right. Again, the king sets the terms for, for the kingdom, and so our citizenship is transferred at that moment from false kingdoms. That's good. Worldly kingdoms, my kingdom, you know, whatever it is we we are belonging to and living for. Submitting our lives to. Yeah, whatever we're given our lives and energy and whether whether it's just a pursuit of sports or comfort or pleasure or money making or fame or popularity, whatever that kingdom is that we've been pursuing, now we transfer our allegiance to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, synonyms again. And we say, now I'm going to live, living for God, living for his kingdom's advancement That's right. becomes my top priority. And it's pretty clear that what's happening here is not something that Nicodemus does or something that we do to enter into the kingdom. All we bring is a belief and a trust and a submission. What, what we receive in kind is grace because we don't get what we deserve. We have right. merit from God. He, he sees our belief, our faith, and our trust as as the God demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners, right. Christ yeah. died for us. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and that, that somehow, however that works, he sees that as acceptable and we're now transferred into his yeah, kingdom. Romans 4, he says, your faith in me yeah. by believing and trusting in me and the message I'm giving you, I credit that. Credit. That's, that's I account yes. that as righteousness. Yeah. And I impute my righteousness to you on behalf. He uses Abraham again as a great example. By faith he did, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. So it's a little bit of a mystery how all that works. And and Paul explained it as beautifully as anyone could. 
but still it's tough a little tough for us but sure to put listen, words to it, but we believe yeah it seems like we need to do more and the, the answer is you don't need to do more to be saved but you need to do something now that you are saved right right now you need to be a champion for the kingdom maybe that's what we missed yeah. uh, james seemed to get this yeah. the good works flow out of faith yeah you know you you say you have faith by your works without your works he said i'll show you my faith by uh, by my works i'll live out of faith and show you that i'm part of the kingdom listen i think when once we really begin to understand all of this you know the fact that professing believers now Mm -hmm. would begin to champion the kingdom of god and pursue that and make disciples and citizens for the kingdom it's one of the best evidences yeah, that it's real. That's real to them. And that, they're that in the role and reign is that actually is, happening in your life right now. That is right? correct. Yeah. I think when we were preparing, one of the things you said was that Christ's action and our faith in him actually reverses mm-hmm. what went wrong in Eden. That's right. You know. It's uh, that idolatry thing, the elevation of our own desires, needs, wants, whatever, above and against God's kingdom. It actually puts so us... Go back to idolatry again, yeah. because you're, you're what you're saying it. Because again, I'm an American. I'm not. I don't have an idolatry problem. <laughs> right, is the yeah. way I think. You're not bowing to money or whatever in that sense. But we do elevate things or people or systems, whatever they might be, and we put those things as as chief or primary, the things that we're chasing after, the things that we put our hope and our trust in to br- provide us security, the good life, yep. all of those things. When what we're supposed to be, or, or what's supposed to be in the primary spot, is God's. Yep really God so and that in place. essence idolatry really is man's big problem that's it's right. kind of our root that's right it's kind of our root problem when you say I, I want to pursue my own kingdom well then you've just set yourself up as your as the thing as the thing I'm my own idol basically right. I want to live a life of comfort I'm my own idol I sure. want to live a life of pleasure I'm my own God essentially right. and we wouldn't worship ourselves in the sense like you're saying we'd yeah build a shrine put your own sure. picture in there and light a candle it's not like that but by our actions yes of pursuing only selfish motives and goals with our life, we're pursuing our own kingdom. That's right. And and putting our faith in Jesus begins to reverse all of that. That's right. And say, I realize he's the king and I want to be in yeah. his kingdom. So what are the requirements then? So you get into his kingdom by receiving Christ mm-hmm. as your savior. It's how your sins are forgiven. And it's how you're say, adopted into his family yeah. or adopted into the kingdom of God. Uh, it's how your name gets in the Lamb's Book of Life, the role of citizenship of heaven. We want to say that. Sure. So once we're in the kingdom, though, so then we just do whatever we want to do now? Right. Are there any right. requirements for living in the kingdom of God? Yeah, and, and I think that this is, uh, this is a tough question in my brain because when I think about doing something for God, I think of like a Billy Graham or like a, you know, a, a missionary from a long time ago or a martyr or someone who's, you know, gone all in 100% and goes out into very far-flung places to to be in life and death situations, actually. And I think of, of those kind of things, and I'm like, well, well, what about me? How does that, how does, how do those examples, those dramatic examples of faith, and they were, and they were, and they were real, and they were excellent, and they, and they expressed the thankfulness, and it's not, you know, they're, they're doing a bad thing. Of course, they're doing a wonderful thing. But how does that affect me? Because I don't feel that special call necessarily to go overseas and, and to be a mission missionary that way. So, so how, what do I do then where I live in this, you know, free nation that is 
doesn't really have all that kind of persecution or those dangerous consequences for living out my faith. Yeah. What am I to it's, do? It's interesting how those mental patterns work sure. for us. We, we always think, well, we can see how they could do it, but not how we, right. how we are supposed to do it. Uh, God's kingdom, uh, in God's kingdom, it's like when you, when you read through, if you guys read through the Sermon on the Mount last week, or through the teachings of Jesus there in Matthew 5, 6, 7, mm-hmm. and onward, what he does is he be, in the kingdom of God, he begins to turn everything upside down. Hmm. You, you say, but I say uh, unto you. Yeah. Uh, you say, you know, you shall, thou shalt not kill. But I say unto you, if you're angry with your brother without a cause, you've already murdered him. You know, right. you say, you know, you, you shall not commit adultery. But I say, yeah. if you harbor lust in your heart for someone, then you're really committing adultery already right. in your heart and your mind. You just haven't followed through with it outwardly sure. yet. But you're already committing it in turn. I mean, he just begins to really mess with our minds. Yeah. And he begins to say things like, love your enemies. Yeah. Well, wait, aren't we supposed to go to war with our enemies? And it, it, so he really begins to turn everything upside down. Or as you were saying to me, he turns it right side up. Right. Let's say that Eden turned it upside down. That's right. The fall. The what fall, happened in the fall. Turned it upside down. Yeah. And when Jesus shows up, introducing the good news of the kingdom. That's right. He's saying, I want to flip it all right. Correct. Sin has turned it upside down. This is the way it was always supposed to be. Correct. The world was always supposed to be filled with peace. That's right. Love. Yeah. Forgiveness. Service to one another. Harmony. Yeah. That's the way I created this. Family was a focus. Yeah. You know, worship was a thing. Mm -hmm. Godliness was normal. Yeah. Fellowship with God was the bomb. Walking with him in the garden. It was just a thing. See, and to us, that's like, oh, this exceptional life right. of some martyr. No, that's the way it should have always been. So when we think about the kingdom of God, we say he turned it upside down. Let's say he turned it right side up. Yeah. And when you read through the teachings of Jesus, you say, well, wow, that's so antithetical or anti normal to the way the world operates love your enemy you know pray for those who despitefully use you what jesus saying no i'm telling you the way the kingdom is this is the kingdom and this is what's coming it's here now in little places like that mustard seed again but listen this type of behavior will overtake planet earth at some point this is the kingdom and this is what we have to look forward to Peace, tranquility, love, serving one another, mm-hmm. worship, relationship with God. And and he begins to characterize that. Uh, Mom and I were talking a lot about the Beatitudes, and she's posting some online articles about the Beatitudes. Yeah. And you and I were reading through the Beatitudes. Yeah. Let me just read a little Beatitudes. Because sure, sure. here Jesus begins to sum up some kingdom behaviors, kingdom characteristics. Yes, values. Found in citizens yes. of his kingdom. Yes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the king. Theirs is the kingdom. Okay, so he's literally this saying, is "This is yeah." <laughs> Blessed are those who mourn; they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. <laughs> you, we're gonna rule here. Yeah. Heaven is going to come to earth in this kingdom. Six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful; they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs 
is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Blessed are you when others shall revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. I mean, he's just going through this groups of people and he's describing a people that are mistreated. Yeah. And he's saying, these are kingdom people or these are the people through whom yeah. the kingdom will come. Yeah, it's not what we think of when we think of kingdoms. We think of, you know, riding in on horses and defeating the enemies and we yeah. set up camp in those places. But this is not the because kind again, of kingdom. Because his own death, yeah. the world kingdom said we've killed his kingdom. Right. And he showed us that by his death and resurrection, he actually inaugurated yeah. the kingdom. I sure did. He had launched it through <laughs> his right. death and resurrection yeah. and really turned the world upside That's down right. in how he did that. Yeah. And as we look at teachings like this in the Sermon on the Beatitudes, is what we call this section, yeah. the blessings, yeah. blessed are they, the blessings, the Beatitudes, we've often, maybe even I've falsely taught, these are, this is the way we have to be or actions we need to mm -hmm. do. You know, you, you, need be, you need to be poor, you need to be persecuted. That's right. not really what he's saying. Right. What he's really saying here is these are the type of people that are kingdom people. That's good. I'm teaching about my kingdom and... Listen, we think, you know... Uh, okay, well, today I have to be merciful. Correct. And, I, and I'm going to pick and choose Today I need to be a list. peacemaker. Right. Uh, today I need to suffer some injustice <laughs> and be, be, be a martyr. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, really what Jesus is saying is, no, these things are happening to my people. Right. They're being mistreated. They're being this way. And they're responding in love, in yes. grace, in forgiveness, in mercy, and sometimes given their lives. Yeah. But these are kingdom people. And these are the blessed people. And these are the blessed people. Yeah. Uh, you see, Israel, Israel, let me say it this way. These are not only the people who receive the kingdom. Mm -hmm. They're the way the kingdom gets spread. That's good. I want to keep saying this a couple of different ways. Yeah. Israel not only received the covenant through Abraham, God said to Abraham, through you shall all the nations of the earth be right. blessed. So not only am I going to bless you, Abraham. That becomes... Out. Right. Your blessing will flow out of you yeah. to... Uh, you become a source of blessing to other nations. Think about the new covenant in a similar way. Uh, the new covenant, the new testament, that, that covenant that we're under, it does the same thing. Uh, the kingdom is not only for us. I'm in it. You're in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's not only for us, the kingdom is furthered through us. Yeah. So we, we were, yeah, we received the kingdom and we're blessed to be in the kingdom, but we become the means that God uses to spread the kingdom. That's good. Uh, the world will receive the kingdom, let's say, by hearing the gospel, yeah. by hearing the good news of what's happening through all of us here, really, whether it's a, a post on Beatitudes or a Bible study online or a message or what we're all doing something yeah. to contribute to the gospel going out. And we're trying to spread this kingdom. We're not only citizens of the kingdom through the new birth and salvation. We are the means of spreading the kingdom, which is scary because if the church doesn't <laughs> understand this, yeah. then how does the kingdom get spread if the church right. doesn't understand it's right now and you have to be on mission. Well, and one of the, the amazing things about the early church 
is that it was so clear that they lived by a different set of values. It was so clear by the way that they lived that what they were preaching was true, that what they were talking about was true, and that people actually wanted to be a part of this community because they were the ones going in when there was a plague or whatever. The Christians were the ones in that went into the towns that were stricken with sickness, and they would go help the people. Oh, wow. Like you're talking about in Nepal, like the Christians are the ones who go in despite facing persecution sure. and say, let me share my rice with you. That's right. I love you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I'd like you to be a part of the kingdom. They become the front line no matter what's happening. And those examples are, are again, what we're supposed to be living. We have to change the way that we begin to view what success is, what what power even is. Power is not you know military might or the ability to subjugate somebody, but rather the ability to serve them mm-hmm. and to go the extra mile for them. Jesus will use that example. We have to change the way that we view um, our ideas of the good life or the comfortable life. We have to yeah. we have to change even what we we think of as honor. You know, uh, honor being not necessarily a medal that you get or a certificate you get to prove that you did this thing or whatever, but rather Jesus says to go in your closet and pray so that other people don't see your, you know, your good work. So it's only between you and God and that relationship you have. We have to change how we, how we interact with, with money. And, and because that's a great picture of what our priorities are in life. The world kingdom deals with money in this way. Right. God's kingdom deals with money in a very this different way. way. That's right. We see it as a tool for the propagation of the kingdom. That's right. It's 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 a tool to to push things forward and to help uh, you know help people like you and me yeah. <laughs> to help train people that to to yeah. to bring about the kingdom yep. more in their lives. Yep. It, it changes the way that we look at our relationships. They're not just people to be used or uh, you know step stools to to go up to the next spot right. or whatever. Actually, people matter. They really, really matter. And so the way that we treat one another absolutely bears implication. Right now. Yes. Not in some future heaven far right. away. Finally, I'll treat people right and I'll have my temper under control. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll right. really, our home should be a little heaven on earth right now. Yeah. That's, a, that's It's really, really when, when we talk through the series on uh, we, our church, I can't remember what we even called it now, Jerry. We called it the Women Series, is what it got nicknamed. <laughs> Uh, do you remember reverse the curse, right? Reverse the curse. I had a mental slip there. Everybody calls it the woman series. When we did the women's series, that was really in our hearts because finally, really, we begin to embrace as a staff that we have not taught our people that our home marriage right now should be restoring the values found in the first marriage. That's right. Before the fall. Before the fall. We need to try to get back because we are in the kingdom and we're living out the kingdom now. The way we deal with our kids. It matters. It matters. We can't have homes filled with screaming and shouting. Right. We can't have homes filled with violence and anger. Right. It matters how we treat our our children, our spouse. Well, and, and since our spouses are equal with us, we have to be on the same page. We have to we, we have to communicate Gosh, and anticipate David, situations. So, so many people are telling me, well, yeah, who's going to make the decision though if we're in conflict? We just don't find Susan. We just don't find that conflict right. here. You know, uh, well, I'm the man. If we come to an impasse, by golly, I'll make. We just don't find that we ever come to an impasse. Not when you're communicating that way and having open conversations and anticipating things that are coming up in your life. And if you're on the same page, then even <laughs> if you disagree, it doesn't mean. 
Same that goals. I'm going to hammer down this whatever decision. David, we just can't find. It's not. No, I'm not saying we don't ever disagree. Absolutely. My wife's sitting right over here, in case you don't know, <laughs> and she's a, a part of the conversation. We just don't disagree about kingdom stuff. Right. Because we're both in the kingdom. That's right. And you say, well, Bobby, you're a pastor, so you know you're you're on mission. My wife is as much on mission as I am. Right. And so when it comes to God wants us to do this, what do you think, babe? Boom, we're all in. We're doing it. It just is. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, if God says move to the Bahamas tomorrow and start a church, we're just going to say, yes. If we have to. If we have to, <laughs> we'll buy more sunscreen and go. I mean, it's just, well, I'm just right. saying we don't have that conflict. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're, we're, we have a perfect everything here. Sure. I'm just saying we've come to a mental place where we understand God doesn't want our home to look like the world. Yeah. He wants our home to look like yeah. heaven. Well, because again, there there are certain things that he showed us in Matthew 5 through 7. We're supposed to be like this and we're supposed to act a certain way. If I were just to quickly, which you guys read it this week, so we don't have time yeah. to read back through it. But if I were just to quickly summarize what the values of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven were to look like, it looks kind of like this. Kingdom people seek God's kingdom first. They do unto others as they want done to them. They love their enemies and they pray for them. They don't just, you know, okay, I love you and bless your heart from the distance. Yeah. They pray for them and care about them. They turn the other cheek, which is quite a, a wild teaching, even in our own day, uh, to, to think of that as somebody ridiculed you, criticized you, or up to hit you in your face. Our response is not to right. get back at them, but to show them the other cheek. Yeah, That's wild to me. Um, to go the extra mile, which again, in his example about going the extra mile, it's, it's in regards to if a Roman soldier, an enemy soldier, came and told you to carry his pack. You wouldn't just go the one mile he required you to. He'd go another mile. Even serving our enemies is a part of what Jesus is talking about. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has a lot of worry. Well, that's now this living the way we're living right now in this pandemic, this becomes where the rubber meets the road. Right. Worrying about tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Resources, jobs, right, health. And just the anxiety of not knowing what's going to happen and, and, and where things are headed with this whole deal and when businesses are going to open and blah, blah, blah. We, we just don't. So what's Jesus' message for us? He says, he says, I've got you taken care of. Don't worry about tomorrow. Listen, I, I feed the sparrows. I clothe the daisies of the field or lilies of the field, whatever, flowers. I, I've got you taken care of. Yeah. It's not that we're careless. It's not that we don't yeah. care about it at all, but we're carefree in the sense that we know that God has it taken control of. It's, it's the king's responsibility. That's right. To care for the citizens of his kingdom. That's right. And he has a track record of doing a really good job. Yeah. And and this is this is just such again a flipping of it's a right side up view of how the world should operate. And and here's the the rub though is that this will put us in conflict with competing kingdoms. Sure. Because it, what we're trying to push for is this is this. This certain way, but the world is trying to push it. For Let me this take us back way. in history just to give an example. Yeah. So you're trying to live out the kingdom of God, you know, in, in the early 1800s in the era of slavery. Right. And this is literally what happened. Yeah. Christianity ultimately came into conflict with the idea of slavery. Yeah. And we were confronted with an injustice being done to a group of people and and Christian value. Let me say this way, the kingdom. Yeah said you just can't keep doing this this is wrong right and it came to a confrontation ultimately where you had to confront the fact that it is immoral to enslave people right and the kingdom of god won that's right 
Well, again, and, and, because the tree is going to grow, it's, it sure. starts out small, but it's going to continue to grow. And we're going to see its impact and feel its effects as it moves and grows. And this right. is exactly prime example of like what Wilberforce did and, and what many abolitionists did in our own nation right. to reverse the wrongs that were occurring well, as they put to womanhood well. next. Yeah. In, in, in was it 1919 or yeah, 1920 yeah, era where there there people are finally saying, wow, a woman can vote intelligently. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. now we're sitting here thinking, how in the world <laughs> right. did they think before that women shouldn't yeah. be allowed to vote? Yeah. But but what I want to pull out, David, is Christianity all through history has come to confrontation yeah. with injustice. That's right. And now in our era, we need to see that, that our forefathers, our spiritual forefathers were champions of the kingdom of God. That's right. And they rose up and reformed churches when churches went bad right. and pulled them back to a better, you know, theology or a better place sure. in the kingdom of God. Uh, they rebuked kings. They, they changed. Yeah. They, they, they basically brought in amendments to okay. constitutions yeah. and changed governments. Christianity has been a powerful force for confronting injustice and should be no different in our generation. Yeah. If we see injustice, then we have to respond. let's respond. Yeah. And let's tell our daughters they can serve God. Absolutely. Let, let, let's let's uh, empower our disciples to, to go forward. And let's not be afraid to confront injustice That's where right. we find it. A lot of people see that as rocking the boat. <laughs> we view that as living out our kingdom citizenship. Uh, because living out the values of Christ will bring you into some yeah. confrontation, tension, whatever. Well, and, it, and it can be as big as that or as small as people at work aren't doing the right thing. No. Or they're acting rude towards people or they're talking bad about the manager and you're not that person. You have to be the That's one that correct. upholds honor at work. Yeah. You have to be the one who is available and ready to open your homes and, and be ready to accept whatever that means for that person who comes in with mess, whatever it might be. Yeah. Because we want to, uh, uh, to serve and to love these people the way that Jesus called us to. It means that we have to listen and discern what, what the Holy Spirit's voice is. First, we have to know his voice in order to listen and obey to what he's doing, relying on his power. We've already talked about the home. Uh, it has to be, again, you said a picture of heaven. I I love that. Our homes need a transformation. Yeah. They cannot be like every other home. That's right on planet earth our homes have to be a retreat a, a little bit of eden that's a little bit of heaven on earth yeah. where people are talked to in encouraging ways and polite ways and building ways and i mean if if christ is reigning over a kingdom it at least needs to be our homes that's right that's right it, maybe it hasn't spread to our whole neighborhood but at least in our home well, and we have to uphold those priorities that Jesus gives us, the values and the characteristics that he calls yeah. us to be within our homes. It means that we change. It means that we have to change some things sometimes. It means yeah. that we have to set forward what is important in our home. And we have to model that and show that not only to our kids, but to one another. Yeah. That's the reason why we're, why again, our, our spouses are, are equal to us. We, yeah. there's, there's no, you know. Modeling matters. That's right. What we're showing our kids, what we're showing our disciples yeah. matters. Yeah. We, we follow what we see. That's right. And so correct modeling. This is the reason discipleship is so important for us. You need to be connected to someone who's a little more sure. um, 
mature than you spiritually sure. because you need somebody to look at and say, you know, they looked at Jesus and teach us how to pray. Yeah. We all need that. Yeah. Uh, te teach us how to act. Teach us how to treat our, teach us how to treat our spouse. Teach us how to be good parents. Okay. There's nothing wrong with no. that. That's what we all need. Yeah. And and we could just go down the, we could spend yeah. an hour just talking about examples, but sure. I think they get the point. Yes. What we're trying to say. The big question here is which kingdom do you want? Yeah. Do you want to be the king of your own kingdom yeah. and say, you know, my, my kingdom come, my will right. be done. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm living for my comfort mm -hmm. and my goal in life is to earn as much money as I can so that I have as comfortable a life as I can have yeah. so I can live life on my terms and not be beholden to anyone. Sure. Which kind of is a little bit of that American dream right. that Christianity is in conflict with. Yeah. Or do I want to earn wealth? Be, be happy. God wants you to be happy. Sure. And the people in the Bible, they weren't poor. Yeah, they're blessed Everybody in the Old Testament's wealthy, it seems like. I can't find a poor person That's over right. there. And uh, these are wealthy people, but they use their resources That's in right. a way That's right. uh, to, to further something. Yeah. And I think God, you, you hear me pray in church all the time with the congregation. God, let the wealth of this world come into our, give our, give our family. Listen, I, I rejoiced with a man in our congregation this week who after so many weeks of being unemployed yeah. now is in a position where it seems impossible to get hired. Right. <laughs> and this week he got a job. Wow. And that was like, it's incredible. That was God. Yeah. That was God delivering for one of his children. Right. So don't be shocked, ladies and gentlemen, if you get promoted if you still get your raises, if God still yeah. blesses you, he's in the business of blessing his children. He will care for you. Yeah. Just remember what your goal is to advance a kingdom. Yeah, to build his. Not own. your own. And do it on his terms. On his terms. That's right. That's what it's all about. Maybe, maybe, I, and then really that's for our Christian believers. Maybe you're, maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you're not in the kingdom. And uh, you've been watching today or maybe even past weeks and and you're like, okay, well, that's really cool about what it means to live in the kingdom, but I'm not yet in it. Mm. And even as David and I were explaining how you get into the kingdom by receiving the king as your king, maybe you've never done that. And, and you're like, well, how, you know, where do I sign up? Yeah. Uh, where do I register? Do I register <laughs> online to be a part of the kingdom? And uh, it's about that simple, yeah. but that's not quite the way you do it. The way the Bible talks about this is it, it, it really explains this clearly in the book of Romans. And it says that this is done through asking or calling or a prayer, uh, which really what a prayer is, is talking to God. Yeah. And uh, Paul, when he wrote the book of Romans, said it this way. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead. If you believe he is who he claimed to be and that God raised him from the dead and that his death was for you, yeah. an atoning sacrificial death, he said in verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord yeah. shall be saved. And if you're watching right now and you've never called upon the name of the Lord and asked him to save you, I'd like you to follow me in a prayer. You may not even know how to pray. Let me help you with the words. The words are not magic words. What's magic, if you would, what's what's transactional, powerful, yeah. powerful is your belief in your heart and your confession. But wherever you are, unless I'm asking our church family that are that are born again believers, I want you to be praying right now for people who may not be saved, who are who are tuned in with us. If you need to receive Christ as your Savior, I'm going to ask you to bow your head where you are. 
if there's other people in the room and, and you quite know how you're going to deal with this, uh, you don't necessarily have to pray this out loud if that becomes problematic for you or if it doesn't, then okay. But however you're comfortable, the big thing is that you pray in your heart and you transfer your trust to the King of Kings this morning. Why don't you just pray with me like this? Dear Jesus, I confess to you this day that I am a sinner and I need you. I can't save myself and I need forgiveness and I need to be a part of the kingdom of God. And I bring my need to you, the only one who can help me. And I believe, Jesus, that you're the son of God who came to earth as a man and you lived a sinless life and you gave your life on the cross for me. You died a sacrificial death and I believe that God raised you from the dead to prove it. I believe that, and today I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me, and I receive you as my king today. I receive you as my Lord, my Savior. I'm asking you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life from this day forward. I put all my trust and my faith in you for eternal life and to enter into your kingdom. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.